undisclosed location deep in the Smoky Mountains of East Tennessee. Two hillbillies armed with nothing more than microphones, loud mouths, and quick wit have found their way onto the internet. Oh, my stars. Tune in weekly to discuss things like sports. We're here playing game six of the World Series, so we're going to fight. We're going to finish this thing. Politics. We did it once, and now we will do it again. And this time, we're going to finish the job. Current events. Come after me. I'm a man! I'm 40! Faith or any other topic that they have found interesting. It's drastically changed my life. Welcome to Think Like a Man with Daniel Overton and Jeremy Sellers. Welcome back to the Think Like a Man podcast. And uh, we are, if you're listening to this, we're actually we're recording it two days before Christmas. And if you're listening to it, it is uh, the day after Christmas. Mm-hmm. So, you've not changed clothes in a week <laughs> no i'm still in the same clothes <laughs> so you got my present yet dude it's in the mail is it okay all right well you didn't have to i mean you just live around the corner yeah like amazon so you got to have something to blame it on yeah. if when it doesn't show up that they didn't bring it okay yeah, i can tell you call ups so hopefully uh as you all listen to this everybody had a great uh a great christmas and uh you have you know you, you took some time to really think about the reason that we're celebrating this it's uh it's not about what presents you got or you got somebody else or what they're making for supper or whatever, uh, but it's uh, about the birth of our Savior 2,000 years ago and what that meant to mankind. And, you know, the Christmas story is such a um, – it's it's just uh, it's such a beautiful story. You've got thousands of years of people waiting for this Messiah. God was silent for 400 years. Yeah, from the last prophet till the first New Testament, there was... He speaks, and here comes Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So you got this group of people that are generation upon generation that waited for the Messiah, and were and, and Scripture tells us a lot of them were faithful, uh, and a lot of them lived, were born, lived, and died before they ever saw it. So Brian was preaching yesterday, and he, he, he made a point that it's there. I've thought of it before, but it just clicked with me. You know, you know how that happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. You'll hear something a lot, but then finally it just clicks with you. So the prophecies, you know, everybody talk, we talk about the prophecies in Micah and Isaiah. It's mm-hmm. all about Christ. Mm-hmm. We, we never, you know, think back. I mean, it's mentioned all the way back to Genesis 3. Yeah. When it's prophesied that, that he's, he's coming. your head. Yep. That he's Satan's coming. It's done. Mm-hmm. And that, that ties to Christmas. Yep. Really and so cool. hopefully as you open presents and spent time with family, which are all good things, that you took some time to reflect um, on, on what the birth of that child meant to you, hopefully, as you as a believer. If you're not, then you need to look towards that, uh, towards that uh, baby as your Savior because he's not a baby anymore. He came, he accomplished exactly what God wanted him to, and he's coming back one day. So... Hopefully you uh, you've taken time to do that. Uh, we'd like to just make a quick mention again Real, before you do that. I got two Christmas points questions. Does it have anything to do with me and technology? Oh no, that okay. segment's going to be great when we do. <laughs> we're going to do like a mini series on Jeremy messing with technology. It's going uh, to be interesting. We could probably get a TV show out of that one. <laughs> yeah. um, reality show cranberries. What about them? Why? Why are they here? Yeah, why do those exist? Like everybody's like, bring the cranberries. I'm like, no, <laughs> yeah. I like those. cranberry juice, and it's good if you got yeah. a kidney stone. Yeah. Um, my favorite. I saw Brian today. We went to lunch out, out at Lois's Country Kitchen. Country Kitchen. Yeah, fried chicken Heart and chicken livers. Stuff. Brian learned today that I like chicken livers. And, uh, God, oh, I can't man. eat a liver. Gag. I can't eat a beef liver, but I love chicken. They livers. taste exactly the same. Oh no, 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 no. You, you it's gotta, like eating a clot, dude. You gotta, I mean, chicken livers are. They're cooked right. Gag. They're good. So? So every year, this is my favorite time of year is teaching in the youth a lot of times because I get to bust one bubble, and it's not the Santa bubble. <laughs> you know, and, and it's a funny story, and I won't name names, but my first, very first year in youth ministry, I ruined Santa Claus for a high school kid. <laughs> if he's in high school and still believes in you know, Santa, I'm teaching kids he needed seventh, it ruined. Seventh grade, well, he's just newly into ninth. Still don't excuse me. Seventh grade to twelfth grade. I'm just, you know, I'm thinking these kids, everybody knows. I said, of course, everybody knows, everybody in this room knows that Santa doesn't exist. 
what and and i hope i didn't just ruin that for the kid in the back seat of somebody's car i just (laughs) thought of that but uh he looked on wide-eyed so after he comes to me he goes are you serious i said serious about what he goes about santa (laughs) i said dude you need to go talk to your parents but uh the magi yeah how long was it before they came to see jesus years two at least yeah it was years you know so every nativity scene in the world, right? Jesus wrong. was walking, right? You know, by the time they got He's not there, the major. yeah. So yeah. I'll always love that because that's that's like my favorite teaching point. And I'm like, you know what? And they wasn't there for two more years, you right. know. And just okay, that was one of Christmas points. <laughs> okay, all right. So uh, as we start out again this week, uh, again we'd like to thank our sponsor, uh, Boutique Thirty One, and what they're doing to help find or not help finance, but but uh, support the show. Uh, go see Caitlin. Um, over there, if you're in the White Pine Jefferson County area, if you're not, you can find them at boutique31.com, and they're still running through the end of the year the special of 10% off from your first purchase on checkout. If you will put in the code THINK, T H I N K, um, on, on your checkout, it's worth a 10% discount on your first uh, order. Were you about to say something? Yeah, um, it just dawned on me that we've said that for about four weeks now to go to Boutique31.com. Yeah. Talk into your mic. Boutique31.com. It's the number three one. Why aren't people trying to go oh, writing out 31? Yeah, I didn't think about clarifying that. So it is Boutique3, the number, one, the number, and dot .com. Mm-hmm. So. And just, you know, uh, the other things that are still in place is you can find us on Patreon to help support. Uh, you're about to start getting extra podcast episodes uh, monthly. Uh, we will have Diarco back as a co-host on some of those, so you don't want to miss that. What? Now, this one, we can give the first one away. This, this is, this is, are we going to do yeah, that? Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll just name the name. Okay, go ahead. Ed Gein. You better spell that. No. <laughs> that, that's enough that, okay. that's the hint okay so of who the first one's series. about yeah okay all right so Weird. when you sign up on patreon to help us uh you get all those uh extra five episodes a week i'm sorry not a week a month yeah not a week <laughs> and, uh, and then the but, fifteen thousand dollar a month sponsor gets five episodes a week yeah yeah but the Special. seven dollar a month don't those get live streamed from their living room yeah yeah so uh we'd uh ask for your help and support there if you can we would greatly appreciate it it'd help us to continue to do what what we're doing <clears throat> we're also always looking for new sponsors um to uh that they'd want to get mentioned on the show looking and, at you tesla who tesla <laughs> yeah tesla yeah yeah, yeah if we you got their number for uh what's that guy's name i can't remember now i can't i don't want the truck though because you see that i hadn't seen the truck uh, they it's ugly oh the oh yeah the one looks like a big piece of sheet metal yeah but yeah. what's funny they broke the glass yeah they're on. like it's unbreakable glass <laughs> like, yeah. then, then they go to the second window like it's unbreakable <laughs> quit <laughs> yeah, well, yeah don't do the third one uh so anybody who'd be interested in doing uh sponsor hey give uh you can find you can uh, get in touch with us through facebook if you want you can get in touch with us at our email think think lam 2019 at gmail and um the uh we um we'll be happy to get back with you on anything that you may want to do in 2020 is coming up so we're selling campaign ad space Oh, yeah, yeah but only so to one candidate, and he's got bad hair, but he's got great policies. Mm-hmm. So that's the only candidate we're selling it to. Um, so last time we were on, we had a guest of David Booth and Ashley Booth, and we had just kind of started to get at the tip of the iceberg of some theological and uh, doctrinal um things within the Christian faith and I kinda we kinda nothing sh- major, just Yeah. Just, yeah, nothing just big. Small scratch of surface stuff. <laughs> yeah, so uh so I stopped it before because the the answer to or where we were going was gonna be longer than about two minutes and um um so uh we're gonna pick back up on um where we left out. Sorry I got sidetracked when I realized I didn't start my um timer on your technology <laughs> yeah <laughs> once again technology wins uh so we want to welcome back to the think like a man podcast uh ashley booth and david booth who's hanging around in the background 
Hey, Ashley. Hi, thanks for having us. <laughs> Thank you for uh, for joining us again. And we are going to, uh, I guess we'll just um, pick right up where we left off. Jeremy's going to answer the question you have. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> I'm excited to hear this. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be a great discussion. I'm excited Listen, to talking about elections. Yeah. Daniel will. Daniel will. Light things like the weather. He will flat out throw you under the bus faster than anybody <laughs> I know. Dang, he's hey, awful. I've told people. I've told, and I don't do anything illegal. I've told people if we get caught for doing, or even if we get accused of something. Say the CIA comes gets th- me and two buddies. I'm diming everybody out, and <laughs> Gosh, I don't even care if we did anything or not. Because if they say you can go home if you tell us what they did, I'm like, let me tell you everything. <laughs> you know, snitches get snitches, uh, stitches, dude. Not if they're in jail, and I'm not. <laughs> well. Um, Maybe they're predestined to be in jail. Hey, exactly. By their poor decisions, (laughs) you know. So I guess technically we left off with um, total depravity. Uh, I thought it was God's sovereignty and man's free will. Uh, okay. It was actually that was off air. Irresistible grace is what we left off. Irresistible grace. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. Irresistible grace. So that's it. And I think um, the things that I sent uh, sent that I felt like most people probably had a problem were uh, limited atonement uncon- or uh, irresistible grace and um, unconditional right. election. And would, Ashley, would you say those are the three out of the TULIP acronym that you, you, you can get on board with total depravity, you can get on board with perseverance of the saints, but it's those three that – I mean, I'd love to talk about total depravity also, if okay. you want to throw that in. <laughs> hey, right, we, we can run we'll down there. Yeah, we can run down it. So I think <clears throat> here's, here's my... But I think those three, are, those three are probably the most controversial. Right. I would, yeah, for sure. For right. Sure. The but, um, um, I don't know. They're all controversial. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's just start at the top and we'll and we'll work our way down. So one of the things I think that... Um, where where total depravity is concerned is as human beings we have a uh, and when I say we I, I'm just including myself and everybody into this I not uh, not excluding myself um, we have a misconception of how bad we really are at, at, at the heart of the heart of it and so what we like to do is we like to compare ourselves to the worst of the worst of the worst. So you're like, well, I'm not Hitler and I'm not Stalin and I'm not like guy that's running the, uh, Planned Parenthood, uh, place in St. Louis. That's aborted thousands of babies over the last year. I'm a father that goes to work every day and he provides, he works hard and he provides for his family and he, he doesn't beat his wife and he's faithful to his wife. And so he's got, all of the so we're we're comparing an apple to an orange when, when we're using that type of dynamic, we'll say. And so we tend to have a jaded or a maybe that's not the best word, a foggy, real conception of how bad human beings are at the heart of where we of of where we're at. And so my first thought is, is everybody a Hitler? No. Obviously, we know that not to be true. Does everybody that's ever walked the face of this earth have the potential to be a Hitler, apart from God's grace holding them back from where their heart would, would naturally take them? And with that, I would say yes, that, that the potential is there. And the only reason you or I or Daniel or anybody else has not acted upon that would be a, what I would just call a restraining grace from God that he's not going to allow us to go that far. And uh, I heard a guy say one time, and I, I think, and I can relate to this as a, as a dad, um, his name's Paul Washer. And if you ever want to feel real bad about yourself, watch any of his videos. Um, <laughs> he, he don't make you feel good. No, he doesn't make you feel good at all. nothing about him going, let me yeah. tell you about how good you are. Yeah, today. nothing no. about it. But he talked about one time, he was talking about a child. And he said, you know, you hold that child in your arms, and that child wants to play with your watch. 
and you stop the child from playing with the watch and the child comes back and tries to do it again. And after about three or four times, the child just throws a absolute fit because, and there's a, and, and, and we've all seen it. And there's a look in that child's eye that if they had the capability of doing it, they would have killed you on the spot and played with the watch. You know, the, the anger that's there and the, uh, the, uh, I mean, we've all seen that out of a, out of a child, you know, just like, my gosh, why is he throwing such a fit? You know, but so, but because all of us are not Hitler's, we, 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 you've got to go back to what scripture says as the, the, which is going to be our baseline, you, you know, and when scripture says the heart of man is evil and does nothing d- d- but desire evil daily, um, you got to take that into account. You know, you're looking at me like you got something you want to say. Well, I'm just going to give my point of view whenever you're done. Go ahead. No, I'm I'm ready anytime. Well, for me, for me personally, and this goes back to we have as human beings, we want to look for the good in people. Sure, but the, but the Bible's clear: there is no good, right? Because we view people on what they. Are. We would never. I don't want this being interpreted wrong in any way, but. If Hitler wouldn't have done the actions that Hitler done, nobody would know the depravity was within that man. Right. So we're basing him. We're 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 judging him on his works. Mm-hmm. So we look for that. We look for the good in people. Mm-hmm. And there's no good in Hitler. I mean, there's nothing to look at that and go, "That's good." God doesn't look at that part. God knew the wickedness within Hitler, mm-hmm. without the works. Right, and he knows what's within us because he says your your good deeds are just dirty rags. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do to seek me, and I have to come. You know, you I have to do it. And I right. have to. That's why he had Paul was wicked. Paul, I mean, I've heard people call him the Hitler of the time, mm-hmm. going around killing Christians. What did he have to do to Paul? He had to blind him in his tracks and say, "Paul, why are you persecuting me?" Mm-hmm. Or Saul at that time, mm-hmm. and convert him. Mm-hmm. So that was all. So, Ashley, from what I've said to this point, David, where where would you say that you, you we maybe started getting a little far apart from each other, or would you agree with what I've said? But, I mean, honestly, I <laughs> I agree with what you said because <laughs> uh, I think well, our our culture these days um, it's so self help oriented, and mm-hmm. let me feel good about myself and um, all these challenges on Instagram and the section and Barnes and Noble that's just trying to make us feel like we're good people. Even I love Luke Bryan, but right. that most people are good song. Every time it comes on, like, no, they're not. Listen, I, I so agree with you on that because I've had the same thoughts when I've heard it. I'm like, no dude, I ain't down with that. That must be out of the loops. I never heard it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, go ahead. Dave. Yeah, you know, I, I was just going to say like, I, I, completely agree with you guys so far i know um the reason i love listening to tim keller is because he's so well read he's so well versed he studies he he can read it seems like he's read every single book and just listen to him the other week he was mentioning a story that he read about where during the nuremberg trials after the holocaust they needed to uh, they needed witnesses to testify against eichmann and so they were trying to find survivors of the Holocaust. And so as one of the survivors was coming into the courtroom, he saw Eichmann and he just started bawling. I mean, just started like, you know, uncontrollable sobbing. And everyone's like, yeah, we understand it. They asked him like, you know, that was pretty uh, emotional. He's like, I, you know, it's not because of the evil in him. It's because I am just as capable of right. doing exactly what he did. Yeah. And, and so like that, that part, I understand, like we all are bent toward evil, mm-hmm. but I, I just think that God has put us like when we're made in his image, people that don't even people, we can still see God in a sunset, in the mountains, in the beach, like throughout his creation as uh, I think it's Romans one, like, it yep. is clear to them, you know, it is clear the the invisible qualities of God. So I feel like our human nature, yes, we're fallen, but I think God still can reveal himself. And I still think good 
bad people do good things. Like you, like Scroll said, um, you know, l- let me see your wallet. Well, there are people that don't believe in God that will still, if they found a wallet, if they found mm-hmm. a ring, mm-hmm. if they found some treasure, they would return it to the lost and found. If it was at a, a public, you know, a movie theater, there are still people that are, um, do you know, good, good. Things, and right. whether, whether, they're doing it because of you know they believe in karma or not i i don't know why they're really doing it you know they might have a different um you know mindset for that but i i still think that we are made in god's image and god reveals himself Mm -hmm. to us um and that we yes we we are lost i i believe we're born sinful but you know as a baby as a kid you know a kid growing up one or two years old I think God still sees himself in those kids where if those children were to perish, I still think God, you know, he they're not com- total depravity where they have no sense of God and God's going to turn them away because God cannot let anything unholy into his presence. So I just, that's the part where I have maybe some objective objections raised to the total depravity that we're just so incapable any other way i i think that god puts us puts us uh himself in us um you know but to respond to respond that that's yeah i think that's my big objection and i do have a pretty big question that deals with total depravity but my um objection to total depravity is the the point where we don't have the ability to respond until God pursues us. Like, like David said, um, God's everywhere. If you're, you can see God in a sense that we're made in his image. Like that's how we have any sense of morality. He is imprinted on us. Mm-hmm. So for those things to be true and to not be able to respond, um, because we're so depraved that, confusing to me and especially confusing to me if we're thinking about Adam who did sin who was walking with the Lord um and 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 even Lucifer also like what what caused them to do those things before the fall does that make sense their heart their their heart was was um was off at the, for lack of better Lucifer word. was greedy. Yeah. He wanted, he wanted I mean, he wanted God's God. glory and that's how he ended up there. I mean, I th- I'm not, I don't want mean to say that like you all wouldn't know that, no. you know, were right. You, right. Then, no, were, no, no, I totally agree. Well, I had two things. One, one thing I always use, and it might not be a great one, but I always use this when I'm talking to the youth about good works, about good works and faith. And you know how God judges us based on him. Mm-hmm. If we have a relationship with him or not, I use Bill Gates every time because there's probably not someone he and his wife. I can't remember his name, Melinda. I don't know. I can't remember, but there's not two people that probably do more for the poor in the world than mm-hmm. those two. Mm-hmm. Digging wells in Africa, rebuilding villages in Africa, does not do more. But they don't believe in God. Mm-hmm. More of a Buddhist mystic type of belief. Right. They'll stand before God and be able to say, "Hey." I did A, B, and C. Everybody. But he's still going to have to look at them and say, but you never knew me. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if me and Jeremy, I don't know if me and you disagree here or not. I mean, you brought up a, David, you brought up a pretty uh, controversial topic on Mm -hmm. the uh, death of children. Mm -hmm. There's some people, you know, gone, gone, total depraved. I personally go back to, if you ask a six-year-old child, that, do you love Jesus? And they say, yes, I love Jesus. They purely mean that. Mm-hmm. There's no question. Mm-hmm. God looks at the six-year-old child that's died for whatever reason. Did you, do you love me? That, that child's going to look at him, yes, mm-hmm. and mean it. And I don't think God's going to go, well, you didn't know me. Say right. it. So right. I don't, yeah. I think there's more core people out there to believe that Yeah, those would go to hell. I don't. Right. So. Yeah, it's. um. That is one of the, that's a, that subject there is a, uh, it's a tough one 
You know, it's, I can see both sides. You, you know, I look at what Scripture says, that you were born in sin. You mm-hmm. were conceived in sin. It's funny. Actually, you, made, you just made a comment a minute ago, and you used David's name. And for something you were saying was reminding me of David in the Bible. And then you used David's name. And I thought, oh, well, she, this is where she's going. And then you're like, no, she's talking about her David. <laughs> so <laughs> it threw me for I totally lost my train of thought right there. So, you know, David talks about being conceived in sin and, and born into sin. And Paul in Ephesians talks about being dead in your sin. And, and the, I, I don't believe that's something that happens at such and such age. I've, I've been told not to use this because you can't, but to me it's clear, pretty clear. David himself, you know, when he lost his child, says, we will be reunited. Right. I'm pretty much positive I know where David's at. Right. So why would his child not be where he says we're going to be And so. Well, uh, that's interesting. I, I like that point because now I'm going to use that. <laughs> <laughs> because David and I, um, we, we have talked with some of our friends about, um, this is totally another controversial subject, but infant baptism. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that point that you brought up because, Obviously, I don't think there's a need to baptize infants because they're going to be with the Lord. But I, I like that point, and I'm, I'm noting that, and I am <laughs> using it. Thank you. Well, the, the from the Presbyterian side of infant baptism, it would be God's covenant promise to the parents. If Not the parents decision. are believers. Right. You know, then right. that child it will will be an elect. It's also, not meant to be salvific. Uh, it's not salvific. Yeah. No, but it's more of a. Uh, Unlike like in the Catholic Church. Service. Say again, Ashley. It's like a dedication service. Yeah, very, right? yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, so that's what my, my family did. Yeah, like, it was more for the parents, but they're like, here, we dedicate our daughter to raise her like we should. You need to hold us accountable. <clears throat> well, uh, David, I asked um, when I, I told you that we were going to a Lutheran church there for a couple of years while we were waiting to see, you know, because the PCA, the Presbyterians, where I wanted to be, but there just wasn't one. And so that was my first uh, encounter with infant baptism. And, and I had to, the pastor there kind of explained it as, you know, this is the elect children of, or the, we, we go on the assumption <clears throat> that, this is his words to me, we go on the assumption that the parents are believers, therefore the child is also elect, and we're going to go ahead and baptize that child, that, assuming that to be true. And I said, okay, I can I can get on board with that. I said, but this would be my question to you. At twenty years old, that or that child is now twenty years old, and it shows and gives no indication that there was ever a regenerate heart. They're living like hell. They're running. They're they're making. Do you have a problem going to that child and saying, or as an adult at that point? Hey, you were baptized in the Lutheran Church, or let's say the Presbyterian Church, at this age, based off of your parents' profession of faith. But right now, you are showing no signs of regeneration or being born again, and you should put no faith in your baptism from back there. Do you have a problem saying that? And he said, absolutely not. I said, if that's the case, then I can get on board with that. It's the uh, this idea that you were baptized at, well, you know, at, at whatever that you're good. You have the mm-hmm. same problem when someone makes a profession of faith at nine years old because they were led in a prayer. Right. And then at thirty nine they ain't lived. Right. They've never hit they've never done But there's never been proof. Right. But if you go and you ask them, they're gonna to respond yeah, to I you prayed. of I prayed a prayer at nine years old and well, I was baptized at such and that and brings such up another church. controversial topic of I asked Jesus into my heart when I was nine. But, yep. Once saved, always saved. That's yeah. what I. That's another big one. Yeah, and and that, that, that that's tough. Yeah, and I believe in once saved, always saved. And I do I too. But I'm saved. Got to be once saved. But I think a lot of the people. You know, uh, Ashley, you said something in the other episode. I just kind of made a mental note about. Um, I don't. You you called it something. We call it an altar call around here. Yeah. And you, but right. you you called it something else. Invitation. Uh, I thought you maybe said an invitation, but we call it also okay. interchangeable. Yeah, and so I've always i've I've had an issue with those, and people will will argue with me. I've had an issue well, with those for years, based strictly off of the the 
example that we just gave. So you give an emotional message, you whip them up in, whip somebody up into a frenzy, and then you scare them or whatever, and they walk the aisle to say the. There's nothing in Scripture that ever says it says repent and believe uh, the gospel. As a youth pastor, I probably go through this at least once or twice a year. Yeah, where we're at a big event, preacher preaches, and I understand at a big, huge event like at a venue, like an arena or wherever, it's hard to do an altar call. Mm-hmm. But what I get irritated with is it's a youth group get together. Mm-hmm. You know, we're there for that purpose as different youth groups. No 13-year-old kid walked in there by themselves right. and bought a ticket. And because you got to give them with a the group. And they'll give the message and they'll, everybody, all, all eyes closed, all heads bowed. Mm-hmm. If you want to go to heaven, raise your hand. Yeah. All right, repeat after me. And then you say the simple repeat after me prayer. If you said this prayer and you believed it, raise your hand. Okay. Then you get the misconstrued verse of, now I want to ask you that Jesus said, Jesus said if you're um my mind just went blank. <laughs> if you are ashamed of me in front, in front of, of man, people, I'll in front of man, I'll, the father, yeah. I'll deny in front of the father. So when I say yeah, I stand yeah. up, stand up. So everybody stands up. Then they're like, oh, you're saved. Welcome to the family. And then come up front. And I'm thinking, whoa, I'm a youth pastor. You got to give brought, them a Bible. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I just brought 14 kids here that I know. So there's multiple times I'm sitting there and I know that this is the 15th time that kid stood up. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was going to say that. Right. And like, I don't want him going and talking to a complete stranger who's going to reaffirm him again. I want to talk to him. Right. Cause I want, I know the questions I can ask. I know that I can say, listen, man, last year, same conference. We we've done this mm-hmm. and I hadn't seen you in six months. Right. What's changed. That's mm-hmm. all I would ask. What's changed. Right. And, if, and then they could, we could, uh, that would open that discussion. So, yeah, the, the once saved, always saved, we got to quit messing up the once saved. Right. I, so. David, to what you said, I think you would agree with me on this. Um, I, I believe most of the people that claim to be saved, they didn't lose it, they never had it. So, it, it, right. it, you know, it, it, you, you, because, you know, we'll jump to the end here. Very you know, of you. the uh, perseverance of the saints being the mark of a true believer. And I believe in my heart, one that's been born again, truly regenerate, will never turn their back on Christ. Now, they may have, they're going to have fall ups. into moments. Right. They'll have ups and downs. Right. Ups and downs. And they'll make, we're not perfect. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying, Walk away, and for the next fifteen years, you have you've been a drug dealer or a drug user or an alcoholic or whatever. You know nothing about your life showed any fruit of salvation. You didn't have it to begin with. A true believer will have an up, a down, but that but that's the great part. Of the the Holy Spirit will always convict and will always bring that person back home where when, they belong. When I got saved at twenty five. The, well, a man told me I mean, one of the greatest moments of, or of advice someone's giving me my Christian faith is I asked him, I said, you know, you hear, you used to, you don't hear it as much anymore, but he used to hear the term backslider all the time. Right. All the backsliders. And I thought, what is that? And he goes, well, listen, he said, you're going to have seasons of sin in your life. I'm a new believer two, three weeks in. Right. And he said, when you get to the moment where you don't feel conviction over a long period of time, Start worrying. Yeah, you got a problem. Mm-hmm. David, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say, you know, reading Case for Case for Faith when Lee Strobel interviews Charles Stapleton, it's just, to me, that that's where it's such, you know, the easy cop-out is always, well, he was never saved. You know, I just, I have a hard time thinking that if Charles Stapleton was preaching with Billy Graham and doing all these evangelisms and yeah really big and like if he were to die yes we don't know his heart but you know based on you know what the bible teaches about who is saved you know preaching yes it's not about works it's about grace i feel like if you spent your life preaching and reading the bible and you know whenever you preach you have to know something 10 times more than the topic you're preaching on. You have to be mm-hmm. so well-versed and studied up. I, I have a hard time thinking this guy was just being a phony his whole career. I feel like, you know, he meant what he believed, but then he just got sidetracked. But I, I don't know, because I know that 
So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Who is responsible for making your salvation stick? Is it you? Is it David Booth? Or is it God? Is he responsible? Exactly. You know, so. Yes, I I believe. But that's why, you know, when you you talk about a relationship, I think mm -hmm. God wants a relationship because that's what love is. And a relationship. And this is what I have a hard time because I know that when you really understand God, who Jesus is, when you accept him, like um, that God's love, salvation is now. He says that salvation has come to this place today. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's, that, that's my, I, and that's where I just struggle with sometimes because I think that, yes, God's love is so um, great for us and it is Christ and that's what we can be certain of but also I feel like on the other flip side is there's a relationship and in any relationship you know yes people people make vows all the times in relationships and one person you know or two people they they go the separate but that's what makes love so great is that constant commitment to each other and so I just think I, I don't know, and, and I understand where God, his beauty is that he will never let us go, right? Um, but he will also honor our freedom, so that's a, that's a dilemma for me. I know Ashley can expand on that. Well, I have, I have a question. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. I have a question. Okay, so since we're talking about um, salvation, it makes me think of election, and I, I just want to know, how, how do you know? <laughs> Um, that you are part of the elect, or or do you ever, for sure, know you are part of the elect? I know that I am a child of God. That yeah, I'm saved by Christ. I don't think I'm in a special elect. Like you know, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Like I think any anyone, anyone that Christ has saved, his sheep are the elect. I never go. Right. See, that's one term I never use often. Like other than when I read it, like in Ephesians or whatever, right. I never go around going, "Well, I'm a part of the elect." I'm, I don't have a T-shirt, right. I don't have a elect right. tattooed on my back or anything. But I just look at I look at it from that point of view of I'm one of the sheep. Well, I think to, mm-hmm. actually I would. Um, this is how I would answer that question. So Paul tells us that um, that um, you need to test yourself to see if you're in the faith, and yeah. if if you're if you don't. Basically, this is going to be Jeremy paraphrasing. I used to have this verse memorized, but it's gone now. But test yourself to see if you're in the faith. And basically, if you do not see these things in your life, don't fool yourself to make you think that you're you're born again. So what are you testing for? You know, you're Mm -hmm. testing for fruit. What are the fruit? The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all those things that it lists are the fruit of the Spirit. So when you say, how do you know? Well, there'd be a few things. Number one, my question to you would be, is how do you feel about sin? When you sin, what does it do to you? Do you overlook it? Is it not a big deal? Or does it drive you to your knees in repentance? Is there conviction that comes along? And I don't care if it's, you ended up with five extra cents in your pocket from Cracker Barrel or you were ugly to your wife or your spouse or whatever that sin is, what did it do to you? If there was no um, conviction, no sorrow over that, no, oh, my gosh, I've done it again. I've let Christ, I've let God down. I need to repent because he will forgive me. If there's none of that, there's there there's some problems, you know, because that's that is the mark of a believer is – is um, conviction and and quick repentance, we'll call it. Another mark of a believer to me is thankfulness. You you look at your life and 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 how are you looking? Are you looking at through a lens of gratitude? I mean, if there was one thing, 100%. if there was one thing that became other than the night that I was saved, and I fully believe the night I was saved, I was almost in this exact spot that I'm sitting in now. The one thing that came huge to me that night was my sin. And the moment after salvation and when when God does that work and turns a heart of stone into a heart of flesh and a dead person, he raises the life again, was my thankfulness. Because all of a sudden, I 
every, I'm looking at things differently, you know, and I'm so gra- grateful for what he did in that moment, what he does moment by moment throughout my days. And if you look at your life and you see none of those two things, I'd say there's some issues. And then if you just don't see the, what we would, any of us would call the basic fruit of a believer, you know, I mean, how do you, how do you treat your wife? How do you treat your husband? How are you treating your children? What kind of a businessman are you? So I own my own business, but if I'm dirty and, and behind, I mean, the only person that may know that is me and God. But if you don't have integrity, you know what? You see what I'm saying? So you're looking for all of right. these things. Right. And so one of the you things that, that used to bother mm-hmm. me was people say, well, look back to a date. What date did you walk the aisle? What day did you There is nowhere in Scripture ever that says look backwards for assurance of your salvation. Everything is now. What do you look like now? What 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 fruit are you seeing in your life now? So I go right. ahead. I mean to cut you off. No, no, you're fine. I didn't want to interrupt you because honestly, um, I have read R.C. Sproul's um, opinion on that. I have listened to Josh, uh, John Piper on that, both of which I respect. However, their answers bugged me and yours. Um, I just think you said it better than this, so I just I'll tell you that. Thank you. <laughs> oh, now we got Mr. Ego. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm to deal well, with that. John Piper said something that really it, it just like hurt my soul mm-hmm. when um he said it in regards to the elect is that he he said you essentially hope you are chosen, and um and he acknowledged that that mindset is a problem in regards to, you know, his children. And he said, if my child isn't chosen as part of the elect, I must trust God. Mm-hmm. And in, in, in that, in that sense, you would love your child more than God does. And I don't understand how that, you know, the all loving God that we that we know, I, I, I don't under, wouldn't understand that at all. Right. But everything that you said, I absolutely agree with. Yeah, I, I agree with the thankfulness. Like you were saying, the difficult times you've had. Right. Um, with was it the arthritis that you were? Um, yes. What was that? Yeah, it's, it's yeah, really toward it's, arthritis. Yeah, and just going through that, and just the pain you would go through, and how mm-hmm. many people would be bitter. But those are signs of you know being thankful through the hard times. I mm-hmm. mean, that is just the, you know, that is the epitome of being a Christian. You know, that's what everyone wants is that, um, you know, the thankfulness even in the dark times. And, you know, David in the Psalms goes over that time oh, yeah. and time again. It's being thankful, in the, you know, just for what he's done through the good and the bad. And so, you know, when you say that, that's so true that, you know, and, and you message the fruit of the spirit, you know, I, I look at it, but, you know, it's scary sometimes because, you know, we look for the fruit, but how often, even after we're saved, do we see still the, the, oh, the sure. wicked in in us? Yeah. And so it's just like, you know, that's just the... the well, like the when dilemma. Paul said, I, I, I don't do what I want to do, and I do what I don't want to yes. do. You know, I mean, it's... And that's Paul. That's yeah. Paul. <laughs> you know? It's like, if he ain't got it together, Wait, I don't stand a also, chance. Does that not mean that we have free will to choose, like, what we're doing and that the sovereignty at some point... Yeah, that's and cool. at a certain point, yeah. you know, I don't, I feel like that verse really enforces. I've heard, heard it put a lot of, a lot of times. This has helped me. This is my personal life, but that we're like, I want to use dogs in a cage, but I want to use prisoners in a cage. We're like prisoners in a prison. Now, it's not in a bad term. We're not prisoners of God, right. but we have free will. If your prisoner has free will, in the eight by eight space he's in, right? There's a boundary there. God's sovereignty has a boundary mm-hmm. at some point. Mm-hmm. And I, I do believe we, we have the ability to go so far. Right. So You know, see, everybody, you've got free will. I think a lot of people think that, as a Calvinist, that I, we just don't believe in free will. That, robots. That's not true. It, you do have free will. The Where, where I would say is the where your, your ability to choose good, you don't have that. Mm-hmm. As an unbeliever, you the only thing you can choose is your sin. That's it. But well, what about yeah? But what about like Bill Gates? I mean, why didn't he just keep all that money to himself? I mean, he's choosing 
right. good. Right. I mean, I think even he's though, doing good in our eyes, but when God says that even our good works, even his good works are just filthy rights in his eyes. And here's the one thing, David, that we can't know for sure, we'll never know, is what is the true purpose behind his heart? Why is he why sure. is he doing what he's doing? You oh. know, and even I mean, every action that we do, even under the best circumstances in the there's is still covered in sin. You know, yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. And and uh like I said from the beginning, everybody we obviously know that everybody's not as bad as they could be. Um right. and God, even the elect and the non elect, you know, it uh what I always call common grace. It, which is everybody gets this grace. The fact that the unsaved person got out of bed this morning with breath in his or her life shows God's grace because yep. that's who got them out of that bed. And that person goes on throughout their day and never gives thanks, never gives praise, never gives honor to the one that gave them the breath in their body. And, and they won't, they don't know how. You know, Paul talks about us being dead in our sin. My question is, what can a dead person do to change their situation? Nothing. They're dead. Yeah. And That's so, why I talked about being born again. What What can you do to be born? You have zero choice in being right. born. You know, that. That's, right. what I, that's what I think is great. You know, being born, you don't, you know, that that's such a great analogy in that sense. You know, of being born because it's not like you know you're the one, and it's completely right. You know, God, divine coming into you. I just think you know, then you have to create that pure spiritual milk. Then you do have to you you know grow in your wisdom and understanding. I think that's where we have that. So I don't know, duties the word. So one of the things to me that's always a, and you, I just don't hear that many people talking about it, but uh, an example in the Bible of unconditional election, irresistible grace, it hits all of them, is the thief on the cross. How does a man who in one breath is cursing Jesus and in the next breath sees him for exactly who he is and repents of his sin and is born again right there on the cross. How does that happen? It wasn't free will because he was just cursing him. It was God's sovereignty in that man's life that he was one of the elect. And at that moment on that cross, God removed the dead scales from his eyes, opened his eyes to the truth, and he saw Christ for exactly who he was. And at that point had the ability to, God doesn't make you repent, so to speak. I don't believe and believe he gives you, he awakens you from death or being dead. And at that moment you are able to, and you want to, and you want to, does that make sense? Yeah. I, I would definitely have to think about that a little bit more. <laughs> That's a little deep. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. The, the thief on the cross. I mean, yeah, I would, I would have to, um, you know, see, you know, I definitely want to give that, get, give that a thought and, you know, read that interaction again, yeah. um, for, uh, definitely a more mm-hmm. thorough study. So. so, right. Well, he, the interesting thing is the thief on the cross probably didn't know why Jesus was dying. And now, you know, basically everyone was condemning them condemning him and put him on the cross at that point and didn't know that he was dying for all of their sins and our sins question. Mm-hmm. So did, did Jesus die for everyone? Is his, is his death, um, for everyone or only the elect? What do you guys think? Yeah. Can I answer that question with a question? <laughs> I don't think yes. there's Can I get mine? Go ahead. I'm sufficient for all efficient for the elect. Right. And that's where I would stand. Mm. So the, if, okay. So if Christ's blood, when it was shed on the cross, covered everybody's sin, every man, woman, and child that ever walked the face of this earth, the logical end to that conclusion would be nobody's in hell. Correct? No, no, not if you have free will. Okay, but, but see, here's the thing. Okay, I don't want to sound completely like I'm Arminianism. No, 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 you're, no you're fine. But 
but I think man man's will is free because God is sovereign. A God less than sovereign could not bestow a moral freedom upon his creatures because the, he, that type of God would be afraid to do that. So because I believe God is all powerful, I believe we have free will. Um, because I think God is powerful enough to advance his will with free creatures. So I just want to get that out there. I'm not completely all by any means on the free will spectrum. <laughs> no, I, I just <laughs> I think that we are able to respond. And, um, so that with what you. you're describing though, Ashley would not make God sovereign. It would make him reactive to our decisions. We make no, 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 it wouldn't there. I don't think they're mutually exclusive at all okay. because the, and, and I do think I will also clarify this. I do think that the Bible does teach election. However, the election that I think he teaches is a little different than Calvinists, I believe, because um, I can't remember what scripture it is, but it says based on his foreknowledge, which for for us is foreknowledge, but for God is just knowledge because he's t- he's outside of right, time. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I, I just I still think God died for all sins, and it's still, you know, there's still a sacrifice there. It's just you have to accept that, like you have to say that's something that yes, that's what I want, you know, because God cannot force you into His presence against your will. He did, Paul. You, on the road to well, I wouldn't. I would. I would still say that He has. Boy, um, yeah. you can't force you can't force a freedom. That's a contradiction, and you can't force love. Otherwise, we're robots. Right. But if we grant that God can save everyone, or 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 could do that, could um, how, however you want to say, I don't want to really call it interfere, but for lack of my verbiage at the moment, let's say. Let's say God can, um, can can interfere and open your eyes and make make you follow Him, like for example, you think that He did for Paul. So why why wouldn't He do that for everybody? If, like the Bible says, He He does want everyone to be saved, um, then He's not. He's not loving. He's not all loving, and he is loving. And he, but he is also just. Right. I'm not like a, a profound grace speaker here. Right. Low Pentecostal. Right. Right. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but I think that that particular issue is contradictory to his all loving characteristics. Does that make sense? <laughs> it, it does. The um, the the thing that when I finally kind of um settled it in my heart, the, the, the truths of this and the, and the holiness of God and my sinfulness. And this is how things work. You know, if you, if you look at John chapter 15, he says, you didn't choose me. I chose you. Um, in John chapter six, he talks about, um, all that the father has given to me will come to me and I will no wise, uh, cast them out. Um, and once you're called, you're coming. That's again, Jeremy paraphrasing. But the but the thought that ran through my mind, it wasn't the fact that God would would choose some that blew my mind. It was the fact that God would choose any. Nobody yeah. deserved it. Nobody. Does. No, no, it's definitely and, not based on and, her. Right, and so it's when you when I started to see how awful my sin was. I mean, it would it I, you know there's things that only me know about, you know, and and it's just and it's awful. It's it's like oh, you go back to what I said a minute ago, David, about gratitude. All of a sudden, the gratitude just flows out because you know what you deserved. I know what I deserved. I deserved hell. And had the moment you and actually you just mentioned God's just or as the moment I sinned the very first time, God would have been right and correct and just 
to kill me on the spot and send me to hell. And he, and, and he would have been right in doing so because of his, yeah. his holiness is so much. I don't even think we get a good grasp of how it, we got a working knowledge. You know what I mean? But we really do not understand God's holiness. And right. It, it's, yeah, that is what we deserve. I absolutely agree. You know, when, but, but he does say that he, he is not willing that anyone should perish. Right. And that he wants all men to come to the knowledge of truth. So why, if he wants that, and the Bible's not lying, why don't they? If he can, if, if <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you. You know, he's, um, I, I'm just. Oh, and another one. What is the one, David, you're so good with reoccurring verses. Um, it's. The O Jerusalem, O Jerusalem. How I wish you would gather me. Like, like a, a hen gathers right. yeah, yeah, but you were not. not willing. And I'm like, but if you wanted to, you said he longs to gather them like yeah. um, chicks under a hen's wing. Uh, what did I just say? Chicks under a hen's wing. Hens yeah, wings, okay. yeah. Yeah. So if, he, if God, the creator of the universe, that is sovereign can do whatever he wants, mm-hmm. what's that? and he wants that. If he's longing for it, yeah. he doesn't. Though he says because they were not willing. So what? I don't understand, guys. <laughs> Listen, I what, told you I get so um, worked up. Going backwards just for a second, you mentioned Paul and over superseding free will. I always go back to Jonah. Yeah, in Nineveh, mm-hmm. he didn't want to go. But he went. God made sure. Yeah. But you, you always, you never go by the exceptions. Like whenever you base something, you don't go by the exceptions. I feel like, I feel like those people could be exceptions for God to really show his power. Mm -hmm. I, I still don't think just because one or two people in the Bible it happened to doesn't mean that every single person is like that. I still think that there are um, you know, different circumstances for different people. So for, for it to happen to just to one person doesn't mean every other person in the history of the world is like that. But honestly, did he even get to Nineveh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he got yeah. Did he really? Yeah. He got mad for saving them. Yeah, then he got mad for because he saved them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. right, you're right. Yeah, he got there. Yeah. You know, one I mean, the... God's going to get it done no matter what. Just like, wait a second. One of the things that I, um, actually that I wanted to, and David too, that I wanted to kind of say here that you you said you get, you have a lot of questions and you, you know, I I still do. I I have come more questions than answers. Yeah. And I've come to the point, I've come to the, to the point in my walk. Yeah. I, 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 I don't remember if I've ever, I think, I'm not sure if I've told any of this or not, but I remember talking to my sister about the time that I came to the point where I was like, okay, I, I, I believe this is true, but I still have A, B, C, D, you know, these, these questions that are hanging over. And she said to me, and I'll, I'll never forget this. She said, Jeremy, there comes a point in time where you just bend the knee. Mm-hmm. And it yes, resonated with me to where it's like, I will never get every answer to every question I've got. But I mean, that's going to make me God at the end. And we all know that's not true. So I'll never get right. every answer, every question answered. There was enough. And we, th- can't, hmm? we can't think that we all have it right. No. If one of us has it right, no. certainly that's not the case. Well, I mean, I think theology is the same way, but I think Billy Graham made it perfect. He said, if you were walking to a perfect church, walk out because you're fixing to mess it up. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think that's what yeah. theology is. Yeah. Yeah, there's no okay. way we know everything. I mean, like, in the Calvinist circles of the Baptist world, and, and even just in the Baptist world in general, it seems like John MacArthur is king. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was going to get like yelled at one day, and I looked at the guy and I said, hey, because me and MacArthur disagree on some end time stuff. Mm-hmm. He goes, well, MacArthur says, I said, well, MacArthur's got to be wrong at some point. <laughs> yeah, he's not <laughs> right about <laughs> everything, you know, regardless. But that's hard to swallow, honestly. I mean, that was part of the reason why this, hit me so hard is because I didn't want to disagree with John Piper. I didn't want to disagree with Tim Keller. 
that that's tough to be convicted about something and to disagree with people that you hold so dear. Yeah, the Bible's clearing tells us to be Bereans, no matter who's preaching, Mm -hmm. no matter who's what they're saying. We are to take it to the Bible and to sift through it. Yeah. Every time we hear right. anything, no matter who it is, I mean, what Paul say, if an angel of the Lord comes down and says, preaches this, a different gospel, and preaches different than what the, we, we were telling you, be accursed. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So and I will say whenever I was, I but, was that 72 hours that I was struggling and you said, well, that was like really quick for you to get over it. This is how I got over it is that I realized, even though I still love talking about it, it still gets me like, so not flustered in a bad way, but excited. <laughs> excitingly gets the blood uh, pumping i yeah but i realized hey actually if calvinism is true guess what you know that god is all loving you know that he is just and even though it doesn't look like it to you it still is right exactly those are see to me that's where go ahead no i was just gonna say like you said John MacArthur says this. Tim Keller says this. I, you know what? I look up to those guys, mm-hmm. and like you said, they're not—they're not doing prosperity gospel like no. some other people are. I mean, they're reading the Bible. They are doing it from just their their stats and their history on topics that they preach about. You have a pretty good, I, you know, pretty good chance that they are studying God's word as best. I mean, they're. They're translating Greek. Um, oh, you know, yeah. these guys. So uh. when I need to understand something, I usually listen to them because they have more knowledge in these other languages, that they have more knowledge in the history of the Bible, the context about which it was written. I mean, you know, the information in there, it, it, it's impossible to ever completely understand everything like we've talked about. So, you know, when you do have questions i think it is good to go to someone and that's why i do like listen to calvinists sometimes because i think they're trying to interpret the bible the best way they mm-hmm. can they're not trying to say you know they're not trying to take all these little one verses out and just say god wants you to have the most money god wants you to have the best <laughs> life now yeah. you know god wants you to do this i think that is really <laughs> you know very um <laughs> that's very plain to see that that's not what the bible teaches right and that, that, so yeah I just think that the Calvinist preachers, the, you know, they have such a heart for understanding the word. And that's why I enjoy listening to them. I just have maybe a different interpretation. When I go to the Bible, I see something different. And I'm not saying my way is right, right. but we continue. It's a lifelong journey. Sure. You know, we don't have all the answers now. So. Sure. And it's not like people don't agree with how you're seeing things or I'm seeing things. Wow. Obviously, you know, Andy Stanley and Norman Geisler and, uh, Frank Turek, C.S. Lewis, they're amazing, amazing people on both sides of this. And, and the ones I na- just named, they're not like they're Arminianism by any means. It's more kind of mild, moderate Calvinist. Right. Um, which I guess if we have to put a label on it, that's where we would be. No. I just don't understand why we have to put <laughs> Did David just say, did he just say like, no? No. <laughs> did he just say no from the background? <laughs> no, well, you guys were great. You guys were great in the sense of the way you just were gentle with it, yet you had your convictions, right. you know, and it's very yeah. convincing. I mean, you do make some very good points that, you know, we all have to think about, and that's what we continue to do. I think that's why this was good to have this discussion Absolutely. in that right. sense, was just because, yeah, it makes you think, it makes you get in the word more, read more, try mm-hmm. to understand exactly what was happening. It's so exciting to have, yeah. to, to have community like that, mm-hmm. to be able to to bounce off people. I mean, it would be so boring if David and I agreed on every single thing. <laughs> oh, it'd be, I mean, even church would be boring if we all had the same, like the same thing right. down the line. Um, you know, if there wasn't Pentecostals to make fun of down the road or the, the snake handlers, <laughs> or they're making fun of us. When right. we, what do we do? And it reminds me of an old joke. And I got one more thing to say. One of my favorite jokes is the Christian joke is, you know, St. Peter, which we don't believe in that, of course, right. but, you know, he's walking through with a guy, and he's like, walking through, and it's real loud up on the hill. He goes, who's that? He goes, oh, that's Pentecostals. They're real excited to be here. <laughs> okay. And they well, go down, right. and they see another one up on the hill. And so well, they're, like, you know, real formal. He said, oh, that's the Methodist. He goes, they, 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 they get excited every now and then, but not much at all. He goes, it's real formal, whatever. They walk a little further, and he looks up the hill, and he goes, who's that? He goes, shh. He goes, that's the Baptist. They think they're the only ones here. 
<laughs> yeah, that, that's the truth. <laughs> yeah. Um, if I go back to the whole Calvinism Arminianism argument, I think, and, and it should be a thing that we we know what we agree to disagree on. It's just like end time stuff. You know, I've seen people get bloody mad. Yeah. Over the rapture, right? The timing of the rapture, and it's like, hey, it's going to happen. Right. So we're just right. going to disagree on when that's going to happen. Are you either prepared or not? Whatever. Right. We can. I think we should be able to have healthy discussions back and forth of why we disagree because we should remember two things: we have a common goal mm-hmm. of, of evangelizing, sharing the gospel, and we have a common enemy, right, in Satan, who produces stuff like the health, wealth, prosperity gospel, mm-hmm. and all these different things yeah. that are fi- that we should both be bonding together, right, and fighting, right. So I mean, I just I think that's the most important thing. Ashley, I think you, you hit on something a minute ago, and I think this will be a good way to, to kind of end this here. Um, and like kind of piggyback off what Dan just said. You know, at the end of the day, we're going to have disagreements on this point or that point. And, and we've already, uh, we have already, um, I can't think of the word, we found the common ground between each other that how salvation happens and the only way it happens through Christ and him alone. And so those are the, those are the primary things in Orthodox Christianity and the other things are secondary, but at the end of the day, uh, and this is where you, what you hit on is there's, there's, there's a few things that we know for true. One, God is good all the time. And he's just in everything he does. And we can rest in that. You know, if yes. I'm off a little bit on what I'm thinking, or maybe I'm off a whole lot and you all are right on thing. At the end of the day, God is good and God is just, and we can put our trust and faith in Christ and in his finished work in, on the cross and our hope. And that's where our hope lies. So would you agree? Can we end on that? Yes. Yeah, Absolutely. Right. Amen. Wants us fighting each other. Yeah, he I mean, does. That, yeah, that's he what does. he wants. So we wanted to thank you again. Take our guest, uh, uh, David and Ashley Booth, for the time that uh, they've spent with us today. Uh, we hope everybody's had a Merry Christmas. Be sure you're following us on Facebook. You're following us on uh, uh, Twitter's about dead. We can't get that thing up. Yeah, it'll happen eventually. Yes. It'll take some viral post. <laughs> yeah. How about you and a thong running through the snow? How about that's going to be the Jeremy versus Twitter account? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to hand you the Twitter page and say, hey, go yeah, at it. Do something dumb. Mm-hmm. So uh, thank you for joining us again this week. We've got we still got some good guests lined up. I think uh, the week between Christmas and New Year's is just going to be me and Daniel uh, that week. Uh, we will be very shortly have our first episode out on Patreon. We're going to give you 2020 reasons. <laughs> Jesus is going to return in 2020. No, I can promise you that's not going to happen. So that bring the listeners. Yeah. So thank you for, uh, thank you for all your help, David and Ashley. Thank you for taking your time with us and we'll see you next time we turn the mics on. You've been listening to think like a man. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. It was Kind of a crazy, fun experience. Listen, my whole family loves it, man. I love the show, guys. You're awesome. And we'll see you next time.